Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Notice what the text says. The Lord is my strength and my song. When we experience God's mighty deliverance in our life, when He opens the Red Sea, when He defeats the enemy, when He does things, when, when salvation is more than theory, it's an experience. When salvation is more than something we read about, but something that we walk in, there is a song born in our heart. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. Changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Do you have a song of praise in your heart? Are you living a life that celebrates everything God has done for you? You used to live under the oppression of sin. Your soul was plagued with spiritual cancer. But then God's love found you and pulled you out of the darkness. As Pastor Ed reminds us in today's message, if we dwell on the amazing work that God has done in our lives, we will find ourselves welling up with an irrepressible praise. Don't hold it in. Let that praise out. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Song of Praise. Building in faith. We forget that He is absolutely beautiful. He's perfect. He never, ever does anything wrong. Now, in our homes, in our families, sometimes you're wrong, sometimes your spouse is wrong, sometimes your children are wrong, sometimes it's a 50-50 deal, you make a mistake, they mistake, sometimes it's 70, 30, sometimes 95, 5, you know. Uh, so your husband's 5% right, you're 95%, you know. <laughs> no, uh, oh, that's the wrong way. <laughs> But you know what I mean. But with God, he's always 100% right. And we're always 100% wrong. And we need to be reconciled to him. We need to be brought back into right relationship with him. Because we're out of sorts. Reconciliation is not our willingness to have God but God's willingness to have us. Oh, that, we gotta hear that again. It's not our willingness to have God, but God's willingness to have us. Whenever he disciplines, it's not arbitrary. Uh, whenever he disciplines, it's always appropriate and needful and beneficial. And so, God's anger, when it turns to comfort, is when we repent, and you know, you know that you know that you know that God's lifted the burden. You know, suddenly the light shines again. Suddenly the heart is singing again. Suddenly the hope rises again. Suddenly you feel his presence again. When you're pardoned, you, you just know it. Supernaturally, there's a transaction that takes place between you and God. And in that transaction, pardon is given and tokens of his favor follow you. Tokens of his grace, his compassion, 
You just know that you know, oh, God, thank you. You see his hand of grace and mercy upon your life. So one of the basic reasons for praising the Lord is when he turns from his anger and he turns to comfort in you and he embraces you in his grace and mercy with his healing love. But then also, too, when you experience him as Savior, God's salvation. That's in the text. Verse 2. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song has become my salvation. When there's that great exchange, our sin for his salvation. What happens when you experience God as your salvation? Notice what the text says. Take a good look at it. It says, I will trust and not be afraid. Life is so uncertain. I don't know how the fiscal cliff is coming. But life is uncertain. We don't know what happens. Uh, now, we try to make ourselves secure. So we invest in whatever. We invest in our, ourselves. We invest in options, stock options. We invest in all sorts of things. But it's all a house of cards. When God blows on it, it disappears. Just remember Sandy. Life's uncertainties. When you put your trust in any of those things, it's a false sense of security. And the psalmist realizes that their trust shouldn't be in Assyria. Isaiah realizes as he composes his song of praise, don't trust Assyria, don't trust the ways of the world, but trust in the Lord. And then the fear dissipates and disappears. Trust pushes out fear. Notice the text. I will trust. I'll not be afraid. When you trust in the salvation of God, the power of God, the Savior, the fears dissipate. Now, this song was sung before. Uh, Yes, it was different. But Isaiah was inspired by an earlier song. A song when the people of God were delivered from the land of Egypt and they marched through the Red Sea. When they got to the other side, well, listen to some of the words. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord. He is highly exalted. The horse and its rider are hurled into the sea. What does the text say? Here in chapter 15, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Notice what the text says. The Lord is my strength and my song. When we experience God's mighty deliverance in our life, when he opens a Red Sea, when he defeats the enemy, when he does things, when, when salvation is more than theory, it's an experience. When salvation is more than something we read about, but something that we walk in, there is a song born in our heart. And so where to remember that God, God gives us that incredible song. Someone has said, According to the riches of his grace towards you should be the riches of your praise towards God. 
That's profound. How good has God been to you? By the look on some of your faces, you forgot. We ought to take that old hymn out, count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Remember what he's done. Remember where he's taking you from. Remember, remember. And just thinking back, keep on putting your trust in his salvation. What often happens is we fail to trust the Lord and we begin to trust so many other things. We look to other people for approval, for friendship, for somehow a sense of worth. We look to a job, a dream job, a better paying job, a better position. Uh, We look to material things. God says to his people in Jeremiah 2.13, my people have committed two sins. He tells us those sins are to forsake the living God. So we've got to be real careful that we don't forsake the living God. The reason for our praise, the source of our praise. There's reasons. The reasons is God's anger is turned away, and now his favor rests on you. His favor. If God's favor rests on you, you have reason to shout. There should be a dance in your step. There should be a smile on your face. There should be a shout in your heart. There should be a hallelujah down deep. His anger turns away. If he is the God of your salvation, man, you are blessed. Now, there's a source of our praise, a source. It says in verse 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Now, I love that. He says, draw water. The message said, buckets filled of water. I don't know if any of you are like me. I don't know if you have an iPhone or something like that, one of those, um, you know, fancy new phones. I don't use it to its capacity at all. You know, uh, I have an Apple computer, and man, it is so nice. I, I, but there are so many things I don't know about on that computer. In fact, the, the staff is very patient with me. They're constantly helping me, constantly showing me how to use this and that for the umpteen time, you know. Uh, I'm just not computer savvy. Uh, but you know what it is to have something and not use it to its capacity. You know, it's possible with our salvation. Person saved, and they go off and they get saved, and all of a sudden they go to that well of salvation, they pull up the water, but then they forget about the well, and they do what Jeremiah said, don't do it, don't forsake the living God, and dig out wells, they dig out a well here, dig out a well here, but that can Hold the water. That won't sustain you. That won't quench your spiritual thirst. See, when we have the real well, our souls are satisfied. Jesus, on the last great day of the feast, stands before the people. And he says, on the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow, will flow from within him. You need water to sustain your life. If you don't drink, uh, you're going to die. The water of life 
was meant to build your soul up, your spiritual nature. God made you with a spiritual nature, a spiritual component. You're not just flesh, you're spirit too. And that relationship with God sustains you. Without that, life withers. Our soul becomes dry. And we need to remember to go back again and again to the wells of salvation and draw. Uh, to be filled with the Spirit again and again. It's a command in the New Testament. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, keep on doing it. Well, back in 2001, I got filled with the Spirit at these altars. Well, that was great. Praise the Lord. Keep that in the journal. But God wants to fill you again and refill you again and refill you again and refill you again because the stresses, the pressures of life drain us. And again and again, we need to go to those wells of salvation. Remember that woman found in John chapter four? I mean, she was living in the fast lane Relationships with all sorts of men. But yet there was an emptiness inside of her. And Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. See, out of the depths of your heart, deeper than your deepest psyche, from the core of your being, Jesus said, rivers of living water will flow. Those waters are healing waters. Those waters are health-giving waters. Those waters are refreshing waters. See, God tells us at the well of salvation, put that bucket down. Keep on going back. God has so much for us. Let's live in what he has for us. Uh, Someone says, well, that well never turns dry. There's an endless supply. Sometimes what you have to do, though, is prime the pump. You've got to prime it. Sometimes you've got to go to that well of salvation and say, you know, Lord, I don't feel the song today. Anybody ever been there? I don't feel the song this week. You know, you've been there. All of us have. And so he talks about priming the well in verse 3. He says, with joy, our souls are joyful. Draw from the well of salvation. How do you do it with joy? Well, you begin to anticipate. Now, Lord, I'm here to praise your name because I know you're faithful to your promises. I remember what you've done. I remember how faithful you have been to others. And God, I know that you'll be that way with me. So that ability, as Psalm 116, 13 says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. As you begin to glorify God, you anticipate his faithfulness. You anticipate his promises. You anticipate him doing what he said he will do. You watch. The joy will come. The song will rise. It will come from the depths of your heart. C.S. Lewis said, in commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. Begin praising the Lord. God, I thank you that you are so faithful. God, I thank you that you are my friend, 
the friend that's sticking closer than the brother. God, I thank you that your name is Jehovah Jireh, that you provide. God, I thank you that you're the shepherd that walks with me through the valley of the shadow of death. Come on, folks, you know it. You've been there. You know your God. He is the God of your salvation. And if you know him, just recall, remember, rehearse. Now, it takes a commitment. You've got to, there's a reason to praise him. He's turned from his anger. He's comforted his people in salvation. He is the God who gives you the gift of salvation. Name written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. And there's a source. Uh, Go to that well. Draw deep from that well. Drink of those waters that Jesus freely gives that are life-giving. And then make that commitment to praise him. Now, the prophet exhorts us to do that in verse 5. You see, sing to the Lord, for he's done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. The prophet exhorts them to sing about God. Hey, remember what God did in our history, he'll do in our future. Remember what God did in your life, he'll do tomorrow. Remember how God was there in the past, he'll be there tomorrow. Uh, Begin going over that, because we need the practice, personal praise. In the prayer closet, in the car, when you're around nobody, all by yourself, You need to simply praise the Lord. What happens is when you begin to think about what God has done for you, you say, okay, Lord, uh, I remember singing in church that old hymn, uh, take it to the Lord in prayer. Well, you old timers remember that, along with me. (laughs) Has he answered prayer in your life? You remember saying, what a friend we have in Jesus. Hasn't he been that friend to you? Uh, Remember saying he has made a way where there seemed to be no way. Uh, You remember those things. Uh, Remember how God has protected you. He is that mighty fortress. Uh, Remember that God has strengthened you in the midnight hour and you could sing, it is well with my soul. Remember when you were in that pit of sin in the grip of power of the enemy, he brought me out of that miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. Uh, You could sing those old sort of hymns or the new choruses you begin to sing because you look back what happens is like I mentioned earlier we got to sing count your blessings no I don't mean just sing the song I mean we literally have to do it count your blessings because they soon fade from our minds the enemy comes with a giant eraser and remembers to erase those things. You know, you go into church, you hear a prophetic word sometimes, a prophecy, or somebody speaks something, how quick does that leave your mind? Right? The enemy comes to erase and steal that seed that's been planted, and so you gotta rehearse it, you gotta remember it, you gotta recall it, and you gotta go over and over in your heart. Now God, I remember what you did, and you begin counting those blessings. There was a church in Lancaster County. Sorry to say it was an Assembly of God church. Uh, They used to have concerts there, and the concerts weren't the problem. It was a type of concert they would have all the time. They would sing the blues. 
I'm not gonna dwell in that land. I wanna draw water from those wells of salvation and sing songs of praises to my God uh, because it's amazing what he will do and what he can do. And so here he's saying, sing praises to the Lord. Well, I, there's a reason to sing it. There's a source of that song in my soul. It's at the wells of salvation, drawing deep from those wells. It's a command, I'm gonna do it. I don't feel like it today, but guess what? I'm gonna praise God. I mean, I, I don't feel like singing praises this morning to God. Uh, it was a rough time getting up. It's a rough time going to work. And I anticipate a rough time at work. No, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to shout in my heart, thank you, God. You got me up another day. Thank you, God. I'm not here alone. Thank you, Lord. You're going to show me a way. Thank you, God. You're going to keep me. Thank you, God. You're going to protect me. You just begin praising the Lord. Now, personal song is important, but you bring it with you to church. That's right, you know I was going there. <laughs> you bring it to you with the church. It's in the text. I'm not putting it there. It's not eisegesis, it's exegesis, taking the truth out of the book. In verse six, shout aloud and sing for joy, people of faith assembly. We're the people of Zion. So corporately, we get to celebrate because God is the Holy One. He is great among us. Music is the universal language. I mean, it resonates with people cross-culturally. Language barriers, all of that, just broken down. You just know when a person is singing praises to God. You know, I love African-American preaching. African-American pastors are some of the best preachers. Paul Hackett was a preacher in California, and uh, he was telling the story of Paul and Silas in prison. In Acts, it tells us a story that they're placed in prison in uh, Philippi, and they're in prison. They're, he, he's very descriptive. He said, a rat is running across the floor, you know, and Paul uh, looks at Silas and says, uh, Silas, how are you doing? He says, yeah, man, I'm doing okay. And so Paul says, I feel a hallelujah coming on. He said, yeah. He said, well, go ahead, brother, I'll join in. And so they start singing praises. And then the songs begin to rise in that prison cell. And it goes past the rafters into the atmosphere, into the stratosphere, uh, into the very heavens. And there God is with all the angels surrounding him. And God says to one of the angels, I hear singing. The angel says, oh, Lord, all of heaven is singing your praise. He said, no, 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 listen, it's special. And then they hear Paul and Silas singing praises. And then God just wants to keep beat with them. So they, have, they start tapping his foot 
and he's tapped a little too hard, and then the earth begins to quake, and those prison cells open up, and they are freed. See, what happens when the people of God start praising God in church corporately, heaven hears, and the blessings come down, and those chains fall off, and those chains fall off, and those bondages are freed, and people begin to rise up as God pours out his blessing. Let's give them a clap offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've all heard the cliche phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. But the question is, is he? Is Jesus the center of your life? Or is Christmas just one of the two times during the year that you visit the church? Are you part of the body of Christ? During the Christmas season, there are many opportunities to stop and reflect on the greatest gift of all. But like all gifts, it's only enjoyed when you receive it. The important part of this season is being sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Are you ready for the King? Have you received the upward call? We'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Pastor Ed Jones and the entire congregation here at Faith Assembly would like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.